Hi, everyone. This is episode 27 of One Question with Pastor Adam. And I'm Adam, and I'm pastor to believers and doubters, to unfaithful Christians and faithful atheists. Jesus wasn't afraid of questions, and neither are we. So each week on this podcast, we will explore one question that you've sent me over Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We will explore questions that you might be afraid to ask someone else. Some topics include the Bible, heaven and hell, who is Jesus, and do you have to be a Christian in order to be saved? So if you have questions, hit me up over on social media, either on the Raven Foundation pages, the Clackamas United Church of Christ pages, or my personal pages. Today's question comes from Emma, and Emma asks this, I would love to hear about it being okay for women and LGBTQIA plus people to be ordained. Or a more general theme, the authority of scripture. Do we take the Bible as the literal word of God or as something open to interpretation? And Emma, thank you for this question. It's one of the big general questions that I get from a lot of folks is how to interpret the Bible. And this is not the first time that we have explored this question. It's so crucial, and I'm glad that you've asked it, particularly in association with uh, women and LGBTQIA plus folks being able to be ordained. It's such an important topic. So Emma, thank you for bringing it up. As you may have heard in past episodes, I don't call the Bible the word of God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey guys, I am the word of God, (laughs) right? And if it was so important for us to believe that the Bible was the word of God, the Bible would say it. The closest that you get is in 2 Timothy, where it says the Bible is inspired by God. The Bible is good for teaching. And I affirm all of that. It is. It is inspired. It's one of my favorite books. I read it every day. It's important. But nowhere in the Bible does it come out and say that it is the Word of God. It says that the prophets speak the Word of God. The word, so the Word of God apparently is something that is spoken, not something so much that's written down. <laughs> that's, that's what you get. It also says in various places, things like the word of God is a lamp that lights our way forward. Uh, But there again, it doesn't say the word of God became a book. In fact, in the Bible, it says that the word of God became flesh. Christians are people of the flesh, of your flesh, of my flesh, but specifically and particularly the flesh of Jesus. So notice what Jesus says and what he does not say. Jesus does not say the Bible is in the Father and the Father is in the Bible and the Bible and the Father are one. Jesus does say he is in the Father and the Father is in him and he and the Father are one. Jesus does not say if you want to know what God looks like, look to the Bible. Jesus says if you want to know what the Father is like, look to me. So a lot of Christians have this way of elevating the Bible up to the highest point, even above Jesus. But the problem is that the Bible is not the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. 
And so this is crucially important when it comes to the ordination of women and LGBTQIA plus folks. Let's take women first. When Jesus was resurrected on that first Easter morning, men and women went running to the tomb. Mary stayed at the tomb while the men went back. And Jesus showed up to Mary, and he ends up giving her instructions. He says to Mary, go tell the men about my resurrection. The first person to preach the resurrection was a woman named Mary. What is ordination? Ordination is somebody giving you the authority to preach and do the sacraments. Mary was ordained by Jesus to preach and teach about the good news of the resurrection to a bunch of men. And whatever Jesus says is good enough for me. <laughs> but a little later in the New Testament, in a letter called 1 Corinthians, there is a passage that people have used in order to try to silence women in the church. It's in chapter 14, and uh, it's 33 to 36, and it says this. As in all the churches of the saints, women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be subordinate, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to know, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. This is obviously a controversial statement. 1 Corinthians was written by a man named Paul. And Paul is often thought of as something of a woman hater. But if you look in many Bibles, this section is offset by parentheses. And you should ask, why are there parentheses here? Well, this passage is controversial in more ways than one. <laughs> it's not just about what Paul seems to be saying about women here, but a bigger controversy is whether Paul actually wrote these words, because these words fly in the face of what Paul writes in other places. For example, in Galatians, Paul says that in Christ, all of these differences are set aside. There is no longer male and female in Christ, for you are all one. And in other letters, we find that Paul has women doing important roles in the church. For example, Paul sends his most important theological letter, Romans, to the church in Rome with his emissary. And his emissary was the one who not only delivered the letter, but also explained what the letter meant to that church when, if they had questions. And do you know who Paul sent that letter with? A woman named Phoebe. Phoebe would have been in the church in Rome and would have taught the men and the women what that letter meant. So what is this passage doing here in 1 Corinthians? That is the big question. And Richard Hayes, in his interpretation of 1 Corinthians, says is that this passage was not written by Paul. It was added in the second or third generation of Christians. It was added by someone like the person who wrote 1 Timothy, where you get something similar. In that letter, it says, Let a woman learn in silence with full submission. I permit no woman to teach or to have authority over a man. But the problem for 1 Timothy is Jesus, who ordained Mary 
to go have authority and preach and teach to a bunch of men. The problem is with Paul, who had Phoebe deliver the letter to the Romans and to teach and preach what it was all about. So, Emma, this is the crucial issue with the Bible, is that I want to invite you to interpret the Bible through the lens of Jesus. Because we are Christians. We're followers of Jesus. We are not Biblians. We don't just go to the Bible and pick out verses here and there to subjugate certain people. We follow Jesus, who didn't subjugate anyone, who taught us to love and respect all people, and who ordained a woman named Mary to preach the good news of the resurrection. So once we have on this lens of Jesus in order to interpret the Bible, we can take on other issues as well, like the ordination of LGBTQIA plus folks. It's interesting because Jesus never uses the word lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, or plus, <laughs> right? Jesus never uses these terms. He never uses the term homosexuality. In fact, the Bible in its original language never uses those terms. Some people will look to passages of the Bible like the Sodom and Gomorrah story and say, see clearly God is against homosexuality. But the Sodom and Gomorrah story is illustrative of the whole rest of the Bible when it's talking about anything close to same-sex acts or homosexuality. The Sodom and Gomorrah story is not about homosexuality as we think of it today. When the angels come to Sodom and the men of Sodom all unite and want to have sex with these angels, these strangers, they are not committed to a homosexual relationship with them. This is about gang rape. This is not about a long-term commitment based on love and affection. This is about power. And that is what the Bible is talking about when it talks about same-sex acts. It's about power over and against another person. It is not about two men or two women living in a same-sex committed relationship based on love and affection towards one another. And the last story that I wanted to bring up on this topic is that Peter in the book of Acts has this vision when he's on top of a roof of this large curtain being brought down from heaven. And there are all of these unclean animals on it. And God says to Peter, take and eat. And Peter says, no way, man. These are unclean animals. In the law, it says, I'm not allowed to touch these things. Can't eat bacon. And God says, oh, but bacon is so good, Peter. You need to try it. It's wonderful. So Peter is like, uh, okay, I'll try the bacon. And oh my goodness gracious, Peter eats the bacon and it's just the best thing ever. Okay, it may not have gone down completely like that, but that's how I like to imagine it. So Peter wakes up from this dream or this vision, and he begins to see that it's not really about the unclean animals. It's really about human beings. It's really about the Gentiles. The Gentiles for Peter were unclean. And so Peter has this vision where he can now baptize Gentiles into the people of God. So all of the distinctions, whether we find them in the law or whether we find them in our culture that separate us from them, whether it's separating male from female, whether it's separating straight folks from LGBTQIA folks, 
all of those are washed away in the person of Christ. That's where Paul gets this idea that in Christ there is no longer male or female, Jew or Greek, slave or free, for you are all one in Christ. And today we would say you are no longer straight or LGBTQIA because in Christ all of those distinctions are washed away. So if you are a woman or if you identify as LGBTQIA+, and you feel called to be ordained. There should be nothing holding you back. For just like Jesus showed up to Mary and said, go tell the men about the good news of my resurrection, Jesus comes to you and says, go tell the men, the women, all people about the good news of my resurrection. So friends, that is it for today. Thank you for having the courage to ask questions and for listening. If you have a question, hit me up over on social media. And if you want more content, check me out at ravenfoundation.org, where we explore life, faith, and mimetic theory. And if you live in the Portland area, come check us out at Clackamas United Church of Christ. And hey, always remember, your faith and your doubts are holy. So join me next time as we continue to explore your questions.